Hi, I'm Raylene Taskowski, and I've talked to over 10,000 women about sex over the past decade. Welcome to the Stand Up Comedy Sex Ed podcast. Welcome to Stand Up Comedy Sex Ed. It's where you can get questions answered like... How long does it take the average man to orgasm? And... How long does it take the average woman to orgasm? And also... Why is it so hot in here? Audiences agree. It's brilliantly funny. Raylene makes sex ed fun. This show is entertaining, factual, and relatable. There's nothing worse than being halfway done with sex and feeling your vagina shut down on you. (laughs) You've got to see stand-up comedy sex ed. I am ready to go do that comedy show. (laughs) Hey, everybody. Welcome to the stand-up comedy sex ed podcast hosted by Raylene Taskowski and some other guests. And my guest today is Gianmarco Saracy. Did I say that right? Perfect. Who is a comedian that I met at a comedy show who added me on Instagram. And I was like, oh my God, he must have thought I was funny. Um, and he is about to release a special on Amazon, which I think is probably the coolest thing that any of the people that I know have ever done. So you are very close to probably the most famous person I know now. Oh, I'm sorry to hear <laughs> that. <laughs> I think it's cool. I thought you were hilarious. I was enjoying I appreciate it. I, you know, I, I wanted to, to do something with all these coronavirus jokes that I wrote. So I was going to wait until uh, do an hour someday. But then I was like, let's just let's just get something out there. Get It's called Shelf Life. Right. Um, because uh, it's an it's an it's an expired stand up comedy special. Because it's one of these times when you do comedy now, you got to talk about what's going on. And a lot of what's going on right now will hopefully change in a year right um or maybe not maybe this is forever and my coronavirus jokes will live on until we're all dead no that's awful don't say that (laughs) (laughs) i have no interest in this keeping on i hear you i hear you but at least Um, now there are places for you to do comedy again well, yes, but they but we're nearing the the winter, so I've been doing a lot of outdoor shows. New York really capitalized on it: rooftop shows, drive-in shows, a lot in Central Park. But winter is coming. I can already feel the shows beginning to dwindle. It's getting very dark too, right? Um, and a lot of these comedy shows, they're just like, ah, we won't do anything to deal with this. So it used to be, if you were closing out the show, it's like, yeah, that's a good spot. Now, if you're closing out a show, it means it is in utter, complete darkness. Right, and everybody's freezing, and they're like, oh, my God, will you stop talking so we can leave? <laughs> I, I know people will push it until, like, November, and then December, I think, is when it'll finally, the outdoor shows will stop. And then I'll go back to Zoom shows, which I hate. Yeah, I mean, I've been doing, I've been doing a couple still, uh, but yes, I think there'd be a lot of Zoom. I might go to LA. My mom lives in LA. But uh, shockingly, uh, they, have, they have really not done any outdoor shows in LA. Uh, a lot of outdoor yoga classes I've seen, but not <laughs> a lot of outdoor shows. And that is very disheartening. Yeah, you would think they would have hopped right on it. Yeah, I have a feeling a lot of New York comics and other comics will go to LA for the winter. And maybe we'll just produce shows i don't want to but i will yeah this is it's hard and it was weird being in that comedy contest because like most of us that was the first time in six months we'd been on a stage yeah yeah and it was it was awkward i did really well that night but the second round i didn't do well and i I never know why some days I just get up and I'm like, boom, I got this. And some days I'm like, my socks are too thin. Like, <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> I don't I know what it is. Um, but there were a couple guys there who said I was really funny. So even if I don't think I'm funny that night, other people still think I'm funny. I had one couple that left and said I was their favorite. And I'm like, I'm sorry you feel that way. <laughs> the other yeah, guys yeah. So good. That's great. But that's just the life of comedy. So how long have you been putting together this show? Um, I, someone else approached me about it. This uh, woman named Jackie Thrapp, who wasn't in comedy. She's produced musicals and uh, she put me in an audio book of hers. 
So she had the idea and I had had the thought because I, again, I wrote like, I was really determined to keep writing new material and I was fine tuning it over Zoom because in the first two or three months, there were no outdoor shows. It was all Zoom all the time. And it was very hard to hone material, but between Zoom shows and I, I like to run jokes by my, my poor siblings um, who were forced to listen to me. And <laughs> I, did, I had these jokes I felt proud of. And I'm kind of a perfectionist in that I always thought I'll wait to do an album when I'm, when I, when people are asking for it, when, uh, when I know it has real distribution um, and it will be like the first, here's who I am hour where I'll, I'll do it's the best 10 minutes of my divorced parents and the best 10 minutes of my musical theater. And then this happened. And first of all, you're like, some of these jokes have died already because they no longer make sense in a post coronavirus world. And, and some of them are going to become dated and some of them are political and um, political in a way that like will be done very soon. Uh, or when Trump had coronavirus, I was like, Oh, oh a bunch of jokes of mine are about to be dead. Um, so, so I just, I went for it and I was, I was spurred on this for this woman named Jackie. She's, she wanted to produce it. She would put it together. I linked up with a producer friend of mine named Lindsay Elizabeth Hand, who's been my, my producing partner for many years, doing sketch comedy mostly. And uh, it just, once, once it started happening, it's, it, once it passes that first hill, it's just like, all right, I guess we're doing it. And the inevitability starts fueling you to get all the shit done. That's what you always remember is, is it's really hard to start something but once you really get in it, you it's stressful, it's anxiety inducing because I'm like, mm -hmm. fuck, this is happening. I now need to figure out an order and I need to run this order in chunks because I'm not getting 30 minute spots on these outdoor shows. So I I'm not I hate ordering. I hate coming up with an order. I always question, ah, should this go here? Should that go there? Should I cut this? But the inevitability of a taping forced me to get my ass in gear and uh, really come up with a 30-minute that worked. That's how I feel about pretty much anything that I do. There has to be a deadline before I'm really going to start working on it. Like, I got a lot of stuff in my head, but until, you know, like the first time I did 25 minutes. Like, I had done 10 and 5 and 10 and 5, and I had some other stuff that I'd never really done on stage, but I'd done at parties that I knew yeah. was funny. And, um, you know, and then the guy's like, Hey, do you want to headline my show? And I'm like, sure. How much time? <laughs> and he's like, uh, 25 minutes. I'm like, I can do that. <laughs> and then I'm like, yeah, I've yeah, never yeah. done that, but I'm pretty sure I can do that. <laughs> sure. I've been lucky. I mean, I remember the first time I ever, I didn't even, I, it was so early on. I didn't even know what featuring meant, but I was the feature. And I remember that first time I had to do 25 back when like, that was all I had was right. that 25 and uh i just i remember i was in the the hotel room the 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 day of just running it again and again i was so scared luckily it was a it was a it was at this place called hukei lao in massachusetts Massachusetts in chicopee yeah, was it yeah one of jess miller shows it was just miller show i yeah. love jess miller yeah and uh that place closed yeah but but really a, a great place for my first feature, because the crowd was white hot. I was just like super, super strong crowd. I crushed, or, or whatever crushing was for me back then, it felt like, I felt good. It feels good, that's crushing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and now, now I could do an hour and I could I could just jump around and, and I have enough go-to chunks that I'll make it through. Yeah. Um, but nothing quite like the, the first time you do that next time amount. Right. Yeah. And you did really good crowd work too. I remember I'm a little jealous of the crowd work, people who can do crowd work because I'm not there yet. Cause it's weird. Cause when I'm at a party, I can crowd work all night long, but as soon as I get a microphone in my hand, I'm like, I'm not going to talk to these people. I don't know what to say. <laughs> yeah. It's, <laughs> so it's really, it's really hard. Like I have my, things that I've learned. I, I was lucky. I worked at this club called LOL um, in Times Square and uh, obviously closed for a while. 
but early on I, I got to do like 25 spots a week and then eventually 25% of those were hosting. So I was hosting 14 times a week more than I want to, but like you learn so much about how to, how to move on from people. If you're not getting what you want, how to be patient, wait for something funny. Cause some of the crowd work comics there are so good. And like one of the biggest things, honestly, that I, I sometimes forget, but I always had to remember is I always now try to, if I'm interacting with someone, I always try to get their name. I try to establish like three or four characters in the audience because I can call back to them. If I get right. something over here, I can be like, like Brian over there. And like just having those three names makes such a world of a difference. Um, and I think you just get intuitively better at like, ooh, this, I can see the way this person is laughing or that they're responding already, that they're going to be fun to talk to. Because um, it's hard. In the, in the beginning, you just feel like you'll do so. Uh, uh, how how you, you, you gamble? You lose any money today? No, I don't really gamble. <laughs> okay, all right. So uh, I went to college for musical theater. And you, you just figure out that. And then you get those little tricks. There's one comic, if I could steal one crowd work thing, he'll just say, how long have you guys been married? Uh, you say 34 years. And he goes, consecutive? And like, it's, it's, he can plug it in wherever. He can plug it in whenever he has a, a one crowd work beat that, that didn't quite hit. He can do that. Boom, he's right back on track. Right. Um, I've heard that one before. I don't know if it was from the same person, but I've definitely heard that one before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he's really, he's just also with Carter. Sometimes you, you have to accept that, like, there's going to be some silence here yeah. and you have to have faith. I mean, you have to have the ability to have the faith, but being like, okay, if I keep talking to this person, something's going to come, something's going to come. It's, I, I was thinking about it earlier before I got out, because I usually talk to people about sex nonstop. Actually, you're my second comedian. Uh, the first one is a comedian I met on a cruise ship and he had an entire bit on, he made a, um, a vulva out of a towel on cruise ships. He would make a vulva towel. Great. great. <laughs> and he was, and he was hysterical. And I, and I, so I was thinking, so I'm, I'm out of my comfort zone on this one. Cause we're not talking about sex. We're talking about comedy, which is something else that I really like. Um, but my stand-up comedy sex ed show. I can do crowd work because I know, I know that subject intimately. Yes. And yes. I'm comfortable and I talk to people and I do demos. So like I get off the stage and I've got like a masturbation sleeve and I'm putting on, and I know the reactions that I'm going to get for people. Sure. And, sure. Ah, it feels so good. And I just really wish I could get that confidence when I'm on just a comedy stage versus just when I'm doing stand-up comedy sex ed. But yeah, then, I hear you. you know, but I've got 14 years of doing sex toy parties and only like three years of comedy. I guess I'm four years now. Sure, sure. Yeah, I it's tough. I, ne I never thought I would get better at crowd work. And I still would never consider myself a crowd work comic. But it, it was just, a, for me, it was just like the hours of, of being on stage and doing it that I got enough. Yeah. Um, and I'm amazed the comics who can do a full hour off of it. Um, I like running new jokes too much that I like don't want to do that. But sometimes I think, oh, maybe fun if one time a week I would just challenge myself to do all crowd work and see if I could pull it off. There's a Rhode Island comic, John Parada, and that's all he does is crowd work. Yeah. That's, that's his show. One hour of crowd work. Now, if you go to a couple of shows, you're going to realize that he's just looking for the people to use the jokes that he has on Right, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is fine because even when I'm doing my shows and people think, "Oh my God, you just came up with that," and I'm like, "No, I came up with that like 17 years ago, and I just keep reusing yeah, it." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> weren't there. Um, oh, I did. I did a funny. I th should have started with this. So, do you get a lot of girls who want to hook up with you because you're a comedian? <laughs> well, I, I call them women now, but uh, okay, <laughs> I, I'm just kidding. I. Uh, yeah, I've had a, a handful of uh, audience members who who see me, and um, I think it's I think it can be fun. It's 
it can be weird. George Carlin's, I think, said it best. I always think what he said, he said, like, people who want to have sex with a comedian after a show are like people who go to the zoo. No, it's people who go to the circus and want to fuck the monkey. And it's just like the idea <laughs> that uh, it, it's, I, I've like, I've been so self-deprecating and a lot of my acts, I reveal many of my shortcomings. Um, but it, yes, I do have, I do have people that approach me or I get a lot of weird Instagram messages <laughs> and uh, still figuring out like kind of what to balance with, with that. But um, I think it can sometimes be intimidating because if they see me on stage, they think like that's how many laughs per minute I get in regular conversation. And it's like, no, these are my best thoughts over the last 10 years distilled and edited and fine tuned. Right. Um, like when you meet oh. somebody and you tell them you're a comedian and like, tell me a joke. You're like, that's not how yeah. this works. <laughs> yeah. And it's just sometimes like, I, I did the funny part and I just want to revel it. So it depends. Some people, they like you and they seem to dig you and that's great. That's cool. They got to see me do something well. And that's uh, who, who, who wouldn't want to start out a, a relationship where the person admires you? Right. Of course. Um, but then I think others, they just like, they, they think you're going to be just a, a really funny time. The whole, the whole amount or, uh, or they want to go to a bar and I don't want to go to a loud bar after a show. I'd rather like chill. I got all my <laughs> things fed performing. So now I just want to chill, relax. Um, I just want to sit quietly and let you tell me how funny I am. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and, uh, and then, yeah, I've been getting more and more like Instagram messages. I did a zoom show where I swear I do like every two weeks I do a zoom show. Uh, that's just me that someone else puts together and I do an hour and it doesn't sell that many tickets. It's usually like between five and 10 audience members. But there was one where I swear everyone on the call were like five women who had been writing them Instagram every day, flirting <laughs> with me. And so you open up the zoom to gallery view and it's five women. They looked identical to each other, kind of gussied up for this zoom show. And it was so funny. Um, so it's, it's, <laughs> It's very small, but it's I, I, the, the whole reaching out online. I get uncomfortable with it. I don't know if someone sends me a nude. I just, I don't, I'm not a nude sender. So I, <laughs> I'm not going to reciprocate. I'm not going to reciprocate with nudes. That's um, weird. Ever. Cause I always ask uh, girls if they've ever had somebody send them a dick pic. And so you're saying girls are sending you photos. Yes. I've never, I've never sent a dick pic in my entire life. Never. Nor never should will. you. Um, yeah, no, I get, I get occasionally I get nudes and. How detailed are these nudes? Uh, are they like boobs or are they like in there? More boob, boobs and butt. Boobs right. and butt. I don't think I've seen a lot of puss in these. Uh, fo I don't think I've ever. Nah, yeah, I don't think so. They're very, some of them are very <laughs> well done. They're artistically shot. You know, they're, they're almost show things. Um, Just but, a little tease. Yeah. First of all, there's, there's a part of me that like, I, I just get nervous with the internet if someone's sending me a nude. Uh, like there was one person they sent me a nude and she, she wrote in the nude, she's like, I'm 23. And I'm like, I just don't, I just don't like, I just don't, because what's, what's to stop, you know, a 17 year old sending, I just, I'm just like, I don't, I right. don't know. If Send I me a photo this. of your driver's license. I need to know no, you're so legal. <laughs> she's, she's sending me this, this nude and she said, she's like, I'm 23. I love your comedy. And I, I found her on LinkedIn and I was like, to see what year she graduated college. And I was like, okay, this checks out. This woman I like how you said she graduated college and not she graduated high school. <laughs> Well, I was, I was just, I was looking, I was like, even if she's a savant, the year she graduated college means she, yes, she is 23. Right. But and she has a LinkedIn. So that means she's probably a college grad. Right? Sure. But I, that's not going to hold up in court. Your honor, right. she had a LinkedIn. Exactly. It had, it had a lemonade stand and a paper route. Um, <laughs> As the job listings. And it was just, it was, it was 
But then, but then a lot of the people who send you nudes randomly, it turns out, what do you know? They're a little bit off and it gets like weird fast. And you're like, get me out of here. That's how so, we feel about you guys sending us dick pics. There's clearly know, something wrong with this guy. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And that's why I don't participate in it. There was this, there's this woman, she, she, she like was, was hitting on me and she, she like wanted to meet up in a hotel. And I thought for a second, especially this during coronavirus, not a lot going on. And I'm like, all right, maybe let's, let's have some casual sex. I've always dreamed about being casual sex guy and it's never happened. Sure. <laughs> and, and it just, it got weird. It got like intense. It got so much writing and wanting me to send pictures. And then um, I tweeted a joke, you know, Claudia Conway, she, no. she, Kellyanne Conway's daughter. Oh, she okay. posted like a TikTok of, she was the one who revealed Kellyanne Conway had coronavirus. Oh. There's just this weird thing where this 15-year-old was like revealing big news secrets. And I, I wrote a tweet and all the tweet said was, uh, uh, Claudia, uh, Claudia Conway is great and all. I think what Claudia Conway is doing is great, but I have a gut feeling she'd be terrible in a group project. And like, <laughs> and first of all, completely accurate. And this person who had been messaging me and was like wanting to meet up and I, I was already getting the sense like I was like, this is get out of here. Uh, she like lost it. She like started writing, how fucking dare you go after this 15 year old girl who's explicitly said on her 15 TikToks that she doesn't want people talking about her on the internet. Even though this woman consistently drops huge news bombshells <laughs> and like, I don't know what it was, but whatever this, and I've tweeted some terrible shit. This tweet is a very soft joke. A soft, <laughs> soft joke. And she just lost it. And she started writing me on Twitter. And then she started writing me on Instagram. And then she started commenting on my TikToks. I hope, you, I hope you're, you're able to live with yourself going after a 15-year-old girl, Claudia Conway. And I'm like, what is going on? So Did now she send you I'm a like, because I would release that. <laughs> well, she, she wrote, she was like, you can, you can share my nudes with the world. I wouldn't care. And I was like, why would you think I would do that? And she said, because you're willing to tweet jokes about a 15-year-old. And I'm just like, this. So my new policy, I think, is just, if anyone sends me unsolicited nudes, I'm just going to assume something is wrong. Um, just write back with, I'm sorry, this number has been disconnected. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> and then there was another woman in, in Upper West Side in Harlem. She wanted to meet up for a drink and like sent me a nude. And uh, and she kept wanting a nude back. And I, I like, I like, I did one kind of joking. I can't do it sincerely. So I did one <laughs> like shirtless in the bathroom, like, okay. And she just kept wanting more. And I was just like, no, no, you can't do no. that. Ask Pete Wentz, never, ever, ever send a dick pic. <laughs> it will yeah. wind up on the internet. <laughs> um, I've, I've never, I, I mean, I was, I was dating a woman once and she always wanted sex back i just like that's not me i just i don't maybe maybe i don't think i'm I'm attractive enough or i just think i don't like i never have been a phone or maybe sex you're person just not a, a dirt bag like maybe, you're but some pretty people cute. want it but some women want want dirty pics i mean they're asking no. for it this is not this is not unsolicited dick pics they're like please send yeah. a dick pic and i'm like no no you're very handsome. You're a combination of like Neve Schulman from Catfish and like a really young John Travolta. The two of them. Oh, together. thank you. Yeah. That's that's a good combo. Yeah. For those, because it's a podcast, so people can't see you. You're pretty. I good hope. I hope I don't age like John Travolta. That would be. Yeah. Upsetting. No, that would be bad. But that's why I asked you when you first got on. Like, are you seeing anybody? Because I've got a daughter. <laughs> now, yeah, but I'm not necessarily a good boyfriend. What is your? How old is your daughter? Uh, that one's 29. See, 29. See, I, that's, I like dating. I really like dating my age. But as I get older, I realized I just moved. And I got to this point where I, I had a woman. Uh, I met her after a show. One of the few times. LOL, there's a lot of tourists there. So yeah. I'd say three in working there three years, there's been three times that uh, someone after like wanted to hang out. And uh, she came back to my place and she walked in my bedroom, which was pretty bare. Uh, and she said, oh, my God, your bedroom looks like a psych ward. 
And I was like, oh man. I realized that I'm now I'm now 32. Um, that I like dating my age. I don't like dating like 25. I just feel like I'm with a child. Right. And but I realized that women that are my age now, <laughs> the bar has risen in terms of I would like there to be one piece of artwork on the wall and I would like there to be a top sheet and a bed frame. And so what is I've, with this age group and no damn top sheet? None of my daughter's friends have top sheets and I'm horrified by this. Like how often do you wash that comforter now? What the hell? Gross. It's gross. I mean, you must have a top sheet. I, I, I don't make my bed. Why would I ever make my bed? You don't have a top sheet either. No, I did get one now, but I don't ever use it. I got it, and it's it's in a it's in a ball in my closet. No, I, see, I'm in menopause. Half the time, all I use is the top sheet. My husband has all 42 blankets on him, and I've got the top sheet going. Put the fan yeah. on, Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, I've been trying to upgrade my. I mean, if I didn't, if I didn't like occasionally see women who might come back to my place my apartment would be a shithole. Like, that's the only time I clean. The and you only have roommates? time I clean. No, I, well, I just moved. I'm finally alone. Finally alone. Finally alone. Yeah, it's really rough to live in New York City. It's expensive. Yeah, I, mean, I, got, a, I got very lucky. I live Lower East Side. It was like a good, a crazy once-in-a-lifetime deal of someone knew the landlord as a friend. And Well, I have so. a sneaking suspicion that the rents there are starting to plummet, so. Yeah, this is before the rents started to plummet, but even this, even with the rents plummeting, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty wild. Well, you must be good doing deal. okay with comedy if you can afford it, unless you have a real day job. Do you? No, I do random things. I do, like, acting. I still get acting residuals from old acting projects, and yeah, hey, tell uh, me where are you in Hustlers? Because I want to rewatch it. It's it's very short. Uh, <laughs> there's there's some montage like right before they start drugging men, um, they start getting rejected by men, or they're struggling getting them to pay. And I'm one of the men that rejects. Like J Lo's trying to get me to to buy another shot, and I'm like, I, 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 I have an early morning, and I walk away. I'm going to rewatch it. I'm going to be like, I know him. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be on Christmas movies. I know that's the stupidest thing ever, but I mean, I feel like I'm the perfect person to be like manning the cafe bakery when the two stars come in and have coffee. And I'm like, Hey, do you, you want a croissant with your coffee? Like that's, that's what I'm aiming for. <laughs> I could see it. I could see it happen. <laughs> that's, that's the extent of my dream of acting. I just want to be like the funny lady who operates the, you know, maybe I give a poignant word, you know, sure, at some point, sure. like, you know, I think you never that know, a, you meet someone like him again. <laughs> I, I should have such realistic acting goals. You'll, you'll live a happy life. Well, I mean, I'm in Connecticut. This is where they film half of the stupid Christmas movie. So yeah. Right. And it's a hundred degrees outside and they take some house in East Lyme and turn it into uh, you know, snow. <laughs> I'm right fucking there. <laughs> I don't actually know if I have the ability to act. I have no idea. So I basically so you just have take to take a me. take a class. Take a class. I've done modeling classes. I've done. I took a. It, it wasn't really a comedy class per se. It was more about how to tap into your your to tap into yourself because the comedy is funnier if it's personal. That's um, cool. And that was, that was a fun class to just focus. Um, my memory is shit at my age. So that's why I think, I mean, if you fed me the line, I could probably repeat the line, but I don't think I could sure, sure. memorize. <laughs> like I could do, no, no, I'm not, I have to get up early in the morning. Like I could do that. <laughs> I just don't think I could, you know, have a full entire conversation. I'd be like, yeah, hey, how was your day? Line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be stupid. All right. Do you have any funny sex stories for me? And they don't have to be yours. Sure. But it would be more um, fun if they were. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> Let me just see if I have my like go-to one. Um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good, it's a good story. I, uh, so I was seeing this, I was seeing a woman and uh, I wasn't super into her, but what are you going to do? And 
we we hooked up we like went to her room um i i went down on her um she went down to me it was dark and then there was no condom that's that's the big thing is that there was no condom and uh i i always say that i will not have unprotected sex with anyone who would have unprotected sex with me so what i did <laughs> i uh i i i went to a 711 I had so many of these fucking nights of, of like finding a condom at like two in the morning. I've gone up to men in the street and been like, my brother, can you please help me out? If a man ever came to me at two in the morning, I was walking home from the subway or a show and I had a condom on me, I would happily give it to him. And I'd say mazel. And, uh, but it sounds I, like you don't ever have them on you. So you're used. Yes, <laughs> that, you're right. You're right. It's, it's easy to claim you'll be generous when you, <laughs> Um, <laughs> so I went to 7-Eleven and, um, the, the, there was just one cashier and he looked kind of, uh, he just looked kind of startled. Like it was, he was being very weird to me. And I was like, okay, can can I get one of the Trojan three packs of her pleasure? And finally he got it. I was getting out to pay and I, I looked down and my hands were, bloody covered in blood oh no <laughs> and i i looked suddenly i looked in the shoplifting mirror <laughs> and i looked like a sloppy vampire you know like i was just like you got your like red I, wings <laughs> yes yes i needed a bunch of a whole rack of ribs with no no napkin <laughs> and uh i was like i was like oh my god that's why he's acting so weird this guy runs in the 7-eleven two in the morning out of breath like condoms quick while well, the body's still warm. Um, so, uh, yeah, that was, that was, uh, it was, it was that lady. We always had bad sex, that, that person and I, it was always bad. We hooked up again after that. Cause I went back. Um, uh, and I tried cocaine for the first time with her. Oh, and, um, it was, uh, it was very bad. I, uh, I I thought from movies that you know you do cocaine in the movies you have and then you have great and sex. A lot of, you have great sex. And the whole first whole thing was a disaster. She wanted to do bumps off her keys, but I was like, no, we got to do it off off a mirror. Um, and because that's think, how they do it on TV. Yeah, and I don't know if it's like it's it's flat surfaces or you just see so like one one last chance to look at your life and your choices. But <laughs> we we put we poured it out. I made a bunch of lines with with my my Chase Travel Rewards card, um, and I was like, I got to use these points, I swear. And I, we we all we had was a dollar bill. I wanted to use a hundred, but right. we used a dollar bill, and um, we did all these lines. And you know, then we got undressed, and of course, they don't talk about in the movies is coke dick, oh. and it was, I mean, truly nothing, nothing was going on, nothing. So it's as bad as whiskey dick. I, I don't think I've ever drank enough to have whiskey dick. I'm not a huge like blackout drinker, but it was like, it was just the kind of thing where you, you got to shoehorn the dick in. Like it's just a really <laughs> useless dick. <laughs> I, I do. I do mention that in one of my shows. I'm like, when I, you know, when a guy shoves it in and you can feel that it's soft and you just know that he's hoping to God it will pump itself up when it gets in there. And you're just yeah, like, you know, I can a, feel that, right? <laughs> that's the thing. That's the thing, though, is that, like, as a man, you, 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 you don't know how much can be told. You're like, are we both aware that I'm going slow? <laughs> when I was in high school, I, I had a real, I want to write, I used to have stand-up about it. But, like, I had a thing early on when I first had sex. I was 18 and um, she had had sex before. And I, like many guys, I just had the problem where I would, I would come too fast. And I remember like in the moment, I was so just, I was so turned on. Everything was just like so much that there was a thought like, oh, I, I came, but I'm so turned on. We're gonna skip past the, uh, what is it called? Between um, the something period, the, uh, refractory period the refractory period where it was like oh i'm so turned on i'm gonna skip past the refractory period and i'm just gonna keep going 
And so you just keep going, <laughs> just gradually. Just it's like massing, <laughs> just smashing a soft penis into just somebody. Smashing. And uh, for the wait, since it's stand up comedy sex ad, let's just point out for the people who don't know the refractory period is the amount of time between a man orgasms and the time he's able to get erect again. It's their resting point. Women do not have that. I know it's, it's crazy, very lucky. Right. Uh, I do, sense. however. Like, I, it's not really a refractory period for me, but it's like 48 sure. hours. I don't get sure. doubles. <laughs> I don't, I've never had multiples in spite of the number of men who's like, oh, I can make you have a multiple. And I'm like, I don't think you can fix my physiology. Sure, but also sure. I get women like, oh my God, I had three, 13, 47 orgasms in a row. And I'm like, I don't know what kind of orgasms you're having, but if I had more than one of mine in a row, I would hyperventilate and die. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I, yours are as big as mine. <laughs> I always remember the, the first person I saw, the, the first person I had sex with, um, I, I always worry a long time ago when I first started stand up, I did like my set was very dirty and she found it and I didn't say her name, but she was very upset and her brother was going to beat me up and blah, blah, blah. But nonetheless, uh, the first girlfriend, she, we were both 18. So I feel okay talking about it. <laughs> and uh, she would always like, if she would be on top, she would say like, Oh, I came three times. And I once, in my my naive uh, being a man early on, I was like, are you sure you're having orgasms? And she was like, Ex did you just ask me if I'm having, and I was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It just seems highly unlikely. And looking back, and again, I, maybe I have learned nothing. I'm pretty sure she was not having orgasms. No, she probably did not know what an orgasm was. It could still feel good not being orgasm, but... Yes. Now, if she was having an orgasm, that's all on her. because She was I very was quiet doing, about it. <laughs> I was doing jack shit. So, <laughs> if, uh, you know, maybe, maybe, God bless Mazel, some, some, some women, they, they just have them, and you're like, oh my God, are you, and then others, just, uh, it's a lot. Um, very different. Very wide wide spectrum right and the um, and the difference i was in a fake orgasm contest when i was 20 was i 21 yeah i was 21 because it was i was to say because it was in a bar but that actually didn't you, mean anything you say fake orgasm contest like someone would be like oh yeah i did spelling bees uh yes. in eighth grade you say it with that level of casualness what do you mean a fake orgasm contest where it, are these being held it was in a bar in alaska and um, the, the prize was $150. And I remember it being, it was like mid-October, very end of October. And I had, my oldest daughter's birthday was coming up. And it's time I was a single mom. And I'm like, okay, I could use 150 bucks. And also, I'm obviously not afraid to be on stage. So we get up and there's, it, you know, it narrows down to me and one other girl. And we do two very different orgasms. You know, mine's all breathing and, you know, just breathing and, you know, air and breathing and softness and light moans. And she's doing the porn star screaming, squealing. And I'm just like, how could anybody get off making all that noise, right? So we have to keep going back and forth between the two of us because the audience cannot choose which one they like better. So we wound up splitting the prize. So we each got $75. That's, that, that's very funny. I think it was very funny as, as I got older, like I always was like, oh yeah, I wanted, I wanted her to be loud, be loud. And I, I like noise. I'm very turned on by noise. But then you, then you become an adult and you're like, okay, my roommates are like, <laughs> like, I don't like my roommates, but this is, we might as well be fucking on top of them right. while they're asleep. Like sometimes it's just, and also sometimes it's so loud. You're like, are you being sarcastic? Right. There is no <laughs> way. It's a sarcastic orgasm. <laughs> there is no way. Um, and it is, it is just very funny as you get older. You're like, okay, all right, let's, let's not be crazy. I just um, feel, the more I think about it, I think um, that the one that's quieter is more like that person is focusing on having their orgasm. And the other one yeah. is performing that they're having their orgasm. Sure, sure. I, I, it's nice. It's nice to hear some noise. I know some people where I'm like, oh, you make a sound. Or are you trying to be cool? Um, 
I have I have ADD. So if I start making noise, now I'm focusing on the noise I'm making and not the orgasm. So that's why I mean it takes a yes. it takes a lot for me to get there. And I'm like, don't fuck with it. I'm here. Just let me enjoy. And I'm more like a whimper and a squeaker and a like breather. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like because I'm not I'm not super I'm like comfortable talking about sex in this forum, but like whenever I'm with a person and at the end they're like, is there anything you'd like me to do next time? I like, I, I, it's, it's, it's a kind of vulnerability that I'm like, I've never said anything. I'm always like, no, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> like, clear, you know what clear. I do? I talk about it on stage and then my husband figures it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't been, I haven't, I haven't done it. A lot. I haven't figured out. It's why so much backed up material. Whereas like, like a finger in the ass, it's something that I cannot ask for. And so the joke is like, so I say it on stage. So if any of you happen to fuck me tonight, We've established this here, right? Because I'm not gonna bring it up ever again. There's a little consent. <laughs> Please use lube. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, but I think like noise, like so. I'm not a big, I'm not a big dirty talker. Every once in a while, but I have to be way super drunk or super stoned to feel comfortable. So noise for me, that's like the best note giving one can give where like it's a, I hear a noise I go all right I'm getting hotter it's the same as you're getting warmer um that's what it is I become of, a bat one of my oh. um when I do my stand-up comedy sex ad I've got this thing where I say I tell the girls I'm like if you really want them to figure out what they're going to do you have to do two things fainting goat and starfish Right. Yeah, so if you've got a guy who keeps going and going and going and going and going after you've had your orgasm, the next time you have your orgasm fainting go, you're like, ah! and then stop. Like, and then he's going to, then the next time he'll be like, oh, she made that noise. I need to finish. Right? And then for the other ones, like when they're going down, like, you know, as they're getting closer, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And if he skips over where he's supposed to be, you just starfish. Right until he figures out that you're not moving anymore, and then he works his way back the other direction, and then you get you know it's kind of like saying warmer, warmer, colder, colder, colder. I'm not faking shit. I can do it by myself. If you want to be there yeah, with yeah. me, you got to make sure you do it right. Next next time I'm with a woman and she goes starfish, I'm be like, Have you been to one of Raylene's shows? <laughs> They're fun shows. I really do. Cover they a lot sound of sex like a blast. Ads. They do. They sound like a good time. I just want everybody to know all that. One of the things that I love about the, the stand-up comedy sex ed show that I do is when you go there with a date, on the way home, you guys can have conversations. So you know how you just said, you know, like, I don't like have that conversation like afterwards because you feel vulnerable. Now you've yeah. just seen a comedy show and I'm literally talking about these things. And then on the way home, you could be like, so what did you think about when she said that and then you could have that conversation that you that's it's less awkward now because you're laughing and maybe add a couple cocktails in and the yeah, subject yeah, yeah. is already out on the table it, yeah i think it's i think it's super important i think it's just nuts i mean it speaks to america and our inability to like deal with sex but it is incredible that like this thing that is for many of us is the focal point or just it drives a lot of what we do in life and yet we don't actually practice or learn any techniques or ever like get better at the thing itself. And I've always said in my mind, I'm like next long-term relationship I have, that it would be fun to go do the, do the weird, the class that makes me a little squeamish because it's like, let's, let's, let's get better at this thing. Um, Literally I, every single thing that we learn in life is uncomfortable at first. And then you just get used to it. Like yeah. sex, the first time you have sex, it's weird, it's awkward, it's uncomfortable, you know, and then it, each time you do it, you get better. And if you're with a partner, each time you do it with that partner, it gets better. My, my theory with, because I, I, I have stand-up, or I, I want it, it's always on the back burner. Or like, I always just think about with like, uh, like I love making, I don't make them too many because they don't play well, but I have a divorced family, I have half-siblings, and I love making <laughs> incest jokes. I love, <laughs> I used to do like, uh, half siblings are, the only downside of half siblings is, is fucking them as only half as fun. And, uh, <laughs> and like, you know, that, it typically bombs. It typically bombs so bad. But uh, I, I always, my theory, I guess, is like why, um, 
the thought of your parents having sex is uncomfortable, which it is for me too. I'll talk about it because I think it's funny to watch other people be uncomfortable. But I think there is also an element of when someone's enjoying themselves physically, they feel like it feels like they've lost control or they're no longer like the idea of my mom or, or my dad, who's like the pillar of authority. And he's the one who makes sure I'm okay. And he looks over me to just see him be like, ah, sit on my face. It feels like, <laughs> oh no, this is not the man. Put a finger on my ass. <laughs> yeah. This, this is not the man who's going to, who's going to put food on the table and make sure the roof stays repaired. Mr. Sit on my face. And, uh, I, I just think that's, that's my theory of why there's a psychological discomfort of like, or like with a, with a mother figure or the mom where you, you, you want them to love you. You're their number one love. And so the thought of them, like where momentarily their number one love is getting that dick shoved in them. It like, it means like, Oh no, now I'm second to the dick. And that's a, that's a sad feeling. And that's my theory as to why parents and sex feels uncomfortable. I don't know why it's uncomfortable, but it is. And even though I do what I do for a living and my parents come to me often because, you know, now they're older and they've got questions and I'm going to answer it, you know, as professionally as I can. But on the inside, I'm going, ick, 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 ick. <laughs> with, with your kids. No, with my parents. What is it like with your kids? Do you, oh, God, do you feel fine? it's a little bit of, it's a little bit of both. You know, nobody, nobody wants to picture their adorable little girl on their knees with their partner behind them. Like oh, I don't, God. nobody ah! wants to picture their daughter with a mouth on a penis. Nobody wants that. But I also ah! want to make sure that my daughters have good, healthy, fulfilling sex lives. And so, yes, I answer the questions. Matter of fact, you can go back and listen. I have an episode called college girls are frustrated. That's my college daughter. And uh -huh. she just goes off on everything you guys do wrong. <laughs> she's sure, just, sure. She's just, her and two of her friends, we got drunk on a shit ton of claws and then just recorded a podcast outside by sense. the fire. I'm, I'm sure that is the case. Here's what I'll say is like, I don't know if I'm any good. I know I'm not selfish. And that's, that's number, one. number one. But I think, I think a lot of people are bad. I just feel like there is a, a kind of a cultural consensus of like, men suck in bed. And I want to say, on contraire, mon frere, I have slept with some terrible women that are terrible in bed. I refuse the narrative that all men are bad. Or I think it is, I think this is another bit I want to try someday where there is this like joke of men don't know where the clitoris is. And I think, I don't think that's quite true. I think like there's a lot of, when we find the clitoris, women, they start moving all of a sudden and we very quickly lose right. track of where it is. It's our fault. It, no, it's, I'm just saying it's like, it's, I just don't think it's the not knowing where it is that's the problem. I think it's selfishness. I think it's like just not talking. Right. I don't know. I've gotten more bad blowjobs in my life than good blowjobs. That's all I know. I've gotten more blowjobs I wanted to end than I've had wanted blowjobs to, to, to conclude. Of it. <laughs> to, be, yeah. to be fair, I've also had a lot of, you know, guys who didn't know they, what they were doing when they went down there. But I've been married sure. for 25 years, and that's fine now. It's, it's sure. that problem has been solved. But I don't think necessarily men are... One of my comedian friends literally just like two hours ago said, you know, I bet no women here will, will um, own up to being bad in bed. And I was like, oh, right here, horrible, horrible in bed. I'm a receiver. Like, I don't want to do anything. I know how to do it myself. And I, you know, I'm not aggressive about it. I like my orgasms and I want you to have an orgasm, but I'm probably not going to chase you. I'm like, I'm terrible. I don't know what my husband did to deserve me, but it was. Sure, it was, sure. It must have been really, yeah. really bad in a past life. I mean, I don't think he would describe me as horrible in bed, but I, I feel like I could have been better. But also, I'm, uh, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Sure. Look, if everyone's happy, that's great. I, I'm definitely like a, I, my narrative has not changed since I was 18. And that it's like, make, get her to come. And then 
play ball, whatever I whatever I want. Well, and I, I think it's good. I think it's I think it's important. But I also think like I've also set it up in a way where because that that's more mechanical than I think it should be. I think it's <laughs> it's a uh, like sometimes I think the reason I don't like morning sex is because I'm like uh, it, it becomes work. Right. I, the older I get, and maybe this is good, maybe more men should be like this, but sometimes I'm like, I'm a mechanic and I roll up my sleeves and <laughs> it's like, all right, if I want to have an orgasm, I guess I got to solve this puzzle. And it's like a once Rubik's I crack cube. it, <laughs> yes, it's very much like a Rubik's Cube. And uh, I, th- it's good. I, I, I don't think, I've had enough women who have come to hate me and the thing they complain about me is not about my sexual performance. And that's the only kind of feedback loop I have of, oh, okay, I guess I'm doing okay in this, this arena. Well, that's um, fair. So I'm not selfish. That's the one thing. I think I'm selfish in many ways in life, but in bed, I would feel, I would feel a kind of shame that would prevent me from enjoying myself if I didn't feel like, okay, at least got them where, right. where they need to go. And, and, you know, I think there's a lot of, I think there's a lot more, I don't know. There's some people who think sex should take forever. You know, oh, we did it for hours last night. I'm like, ugh, why? Do you not oh, know how God. to get where you're going? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. anything more than 10 minutes? And I'm like, what? where are you? Can we just, sure, sure. like, I'm all about, you know, the orgasm. And if the four, and that's the thing about the foreplay, if you can get the foreplay right up to the edge and then move in and then come together then you don't have to be penetrating for hours you don't need to worry about excessive lubrication you don't have to worry about it drying out i don't understand why there's such a performative aspect to sex when you could just do the i don't want to say do the minimum to make it happen but i mean you can enjoy yourselves a lot faster and i know yeah yeah. my husband's same as you he's very much about making sure that i'm there and or done before he starts and one time, this is probably like two, three years ago, uh, I had had my orgasm and then he literally just like exploded on impact. And he's like, oh, sorry about that. I'm like, for what? I was done. Like, yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah. don't want to sit here and let you sweat on me for another 15 minutes. Just get the fuck off. <laughs> sure. But it's conversation about what, you know, do you want, does somebody want to go for a second orgasm or once you're done, should you be done or can you do it together? Awesome. But at least you care about the woman. And that is going to yes. be the basis of this entire thing. You have a comedy show and you're generous in bed. <laughs> Wonderful. What a great <laughs> summation. That should be my obituary, I hope. He was a comedian and was great in bed. Generous. I said generous. I didn't say great. Oh, generous. <laughs> there you go. Look at that male ego already. I'm like, great. <laughs> uh, did you see what I, what I wrote when I, I said... Um, do you have a lot of girls who want to have sex with you after the show? And is there a line I need to get in? (laughs) Yes. Yes. But I'm married. So anyway. All right. So I like to end all of my podcasts with a little question. This is from the card deck called things. I don't teach you in school. It's a crazy mix of fun facts, random trivia, and totally useless knowledge. So the weird sex question of the week is what time of day is the most popular to have sex? I mean, it feels like the obvious answer must be wrong. So I'm going to say morning. No, it's actually 11 p.m. according to this deck. Oh, 11 p.m. Okay, then that's good. I like that. That's However, I am starting to, based on some of the answers on this, believe that they really had a very small sampling group and everybody was between the ages of 18 and 35. (laughs) Sure, sure. That's very funny. Well, 11 p.m. sounds good to me. I, I, I keep having nights where it's like, it's not till two and it's just like, well, that's what I'm saying. There's gotta be a lot of younger people in there because I mean, I'm 52 and you know, if I have sex at night, it's certainly more than more like 10 o'clock or nine o'clock, but we have narrowed it down to the best time for us to have sex is two in the afternoon. That's, that's good. I, I'm just not a morning sex person. That's the only one I don't dig. If I if I was with a partner, it might be a little bit different. If there was no if there was no like if there was no condom, if it was just like sleeping and we're just like kind of, bleh, bleh, bleh. but like if it's someone I'm on a date with, 
I got to go make sure the breath is okay. I got to like wake up. <laughs> I got to like get the shit out of my eyes, do mouthwash. Blah, blah, blah. Ugh. No, no, thank you. Yeah. I, uh, the only time I have morning sex is if it's been a couple of days, I know I'm going to do it by myself later, or I want to go to a winery that day and I wake up and he's got that gorgeous morning wood. Then I will sure. hop on pop and get him off. It's not going to get me off. It'll never get me off. And a horrible morning, and I don't like to be on top, but then I control the rest of the day if that's how I can get his day to start. (laughs) There you go. There you go. (laughs) And I don't like morning sex. And I hate it when he wakes up and he just starts to, like, stroke and rub me. And I'm like, just fucking go for it, because you're just going to bug me for 45 minutes, and I'm not going to be able to sleep. So just knock it off. (laughs) That's so funny. It just drives me crazy. So, um, how can people find you? Uh, is this my name at Joe Marco Cerezi? Um, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. I'll post the trailer for the special, lots of clips, and uh, it should hopefully come out the last week of this month, October. I like your Instagram. You're fun. You, I mean, you're funny. So Thank I'm you. looking forward Thank to you. your special. Is it going to be part of Amazon Prime, or do I have to pay for it? I'm pretty sure it will be part of Amazon Prime. Not that I wouldn't pay for it, but. I wouldn't cheat. (laughs) I would wait for it to be free. (laughs) I'm the worst. Okay. You can find me on Instagram at standupcomedysexed. You can also find me on my website, standupcomedysexed.com and raylenetaskoski.com. I've set up a Facebook group just for this podcast so you can participate in polls, ask questions, politely share an alternate point of view, and generally let us know what you think of this episode. So you can search Stand Up Comedy Sex Ed podcast on Facebook. Please subscribe to the podcast, share it with your friends, and let me know what you think, because I'm about getting 500 downloads a week, and nobody is commenting to tell me what they think of it. So, I mean, in my little uh, low self-esteem brain, I just think everybody is downloading it and then mocking me incessantly. So give a girl some love. Thank you, John Marco, for coming on my show. Good luck with your- Thank you. Amazon show and um, goodbye. Bye.